healthcare workplace is definitely changing. It was already evolving pre-pandemic and we've seen an acceleration in what that looks like. And no matter where you are in your career, you may be thinking, how do I find an organization that takes care of me so I can take the best care of my patients? We're joined today by Cleveland Clinic Chief Caregiver Officer, Dr. Kelly Hancock to discuss this further. Hi, and welcome to Nurse Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast where we discuss all things nursing, from patient care, to advancing your career, to navigating tough on-the-job issues. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Carol Pahatsky, Associate Chief Nursing Officer of Surgical Services Nursing. Well, hello, everyone. We were joined previously by Samantha Connolly, the Director of Caregiver Wellness, and had a fantastic conversation with her about whether you're within the Cleveland Clinic or outside the Cleveland Clinic about resources that nurses can tap into or things that nurses need to consider to take care of themselves. But in this day and age, it's reasonable for nurses to also look to their organization to ask the organization they're in or perhaps an organization they're considering joining what sort of supports an organization has in terms of caregiver wellness, caregiver well-being, and caregiver support. So we have with us today Chief Caregiver Officer and nursery extraordinaire Dr. Kelly Hancock. I believe we are the only organization in the country that has a Chief Caregiver Officer role. Is that correct? That is correct. Would you yes. mind telling our listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. Yes. So it's hard to believe it's been three years already what? that this no. office. Really? June, it'll be three oh my years. Gosh. Yes. <laughs> So this is a credit to Dr. Mihalovich. So three years ago, wow. he had this vision, this idea to create the first ever chief caregiver officer and office with the, really the sole idea when you think about the depth and breadth of our organization in terms of our caregivers. And we know our caregivers are our greatest asset. Mm -hmm. He really wanted to be a differentiator, not only in healthcare, but other industries yes. and having an office that really looked at all aspects of our caregivers to ensure that there was equity that there was support. And remember, Carol, this was right at the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> timing, timing, timing one could is say, everything. Well, wait till the pandemic and, is done, and he didn't. That's and amazing. And he did not. And <laughs> he really wanted to move at that time. You know, he was about two and a half years into his tenure as our CEO and Gosh, president. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, he said, this is the vision. He says, you know, Kelly, yeah. he said, we've always been known in this organization for our team of teams approach mm -hmm. to healthcare and delivering that high quality care, which we'll always be known for. But we also also have to be known for being the best place to work in healthcare. And I believe that this office will help support that and help support Absolutely. our leaders. Yes. So in a nutshell, the office is really the single resource for all nearly 80,000 caregivers now. It's hard yeah. to believe we keep growing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so it really aligns all aspects of human resources from total rewards to talent acquisition to our business partners. We created some new verticals. You know, one is a workforce strategy vertical, which is really looking at and how pertinent it is now as we continue to work with our workforce challenges, but really looking at how can we be more predictive in thinking about the workforce needs, not only of today, but in the future. Mm which has really been a wonderful vertical. It also includes the Nursing Institute, of course, <laughs> you know, our focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and health and well-being of our caregivers. So it's really the catch-all for all of our caregivers, which has really been fun to be a part of. Wow, what an amazing opportunity and an amazing vision. So we know that we have 
hopefully lots of listeners coming to us from within the Cleveland Clinic, but Mm -hmm. there's hopefully people listening outside. And so we know no other organization has a caregiver office, Mm -hmm. but our nurses listening from outside the Cleveland Clinic. What sort of things are universal that, that the office delivers that really every organization should be thinking about in terms of their caregivers? Sure. You know, we've learned some best practices from our other colleagues across the country as well. And to your point, it spans beyond nursing across many industries and really thinking about designing and supporting resources for every caregiver, every part of their journey within their organization from from day one until, you know, hopefully their retirement and everywhere (laughs) in between. But I think about coming out of the pandemic now and some of the aftermath that we're dealing with. As you know, we've been on this multi-year now for three years strategy to look at caregiver engagement differently. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage others outside of our organization or out of healthcare to do the same if they're not doing so already. Sure. As we know, engagement... So there's employee engagement. You know, all of our employees are called caregivers. Caregiver (laughs) engagement, in our case, is not a one-day event. No. It it is a process. And it's just not a survey. And it (laughs) has to be ongoing. Mm -hmm. So credit to our amazing team. And I was actually meeting with our engagement, what we call squad, this morning. okay. So this team has been in place. And this is really an example of a team of teams approach and really looking at our engagement strategy and being very intentional. And I think Mm. that's what's key about it. So as our workforces have changed over the years, we too must pivot the way we think about how we support caregivers and employees. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned, everything from well-being to health and wellness to even looking at total rewards. An example would be this past fall, we administered a benefits preference survey. Mm. And we did that because we really wanted to hear part of this engagement strategy from our caregivers, what they appreciated most about our offerings. So not only our employee health plan, but other benefits, but what more would you like to see? It's a different workforce. It is a different workforce. And you think about the different generations in our workforce. Different needs. There's different needs. Yeah. Where you're at personally and Mm -hmm. professionally. Mm And so we were delighted that 90% of our caregivers who participated in that survey really valued our employee health plan, the richness of it, and they wanted further benefits and offerings to support well-being as well as financial health. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so that is an opportunity we're exploring right now, as you are well aware Mm -hmm. Because of the pandemic, and even before that, we had health and well-being offerings, but we really strengthen those initiatives and or programs based on feedback we were hearing from caregivers. And we'll continue to do that as we move forward because it's a changing environment in terms of that workforce and the landscape has changed and we have to meet the needs. We heard from our caregivers loud and clear they wanted flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so from a clinical standpoint, we've offered many different shifts for people to work. Yes. And from a nursing standpoint, <laughs> we brought back the weekender program, <laughs> different types of parent shifts. And I'm doing the air quotes. Yes. You all can't see me. <laughs> really to meet them where they're at, knowing that there were some challenges, perhaps with child care, elder care, et cetera. Where that came loud in front. Didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so we had to. We had to meet, yes. be flexible. 
for some of our other colleagues, the ability to have a hybrid situation or remote, if their work allows for sure. that and the yeah. flexibility and providing mm -hmm. that space and education and how to manage through that was important for us to do that. And we'll continue to support that. Lots of great things yeah. there. And I found myself reflecting on a couple things. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about well-being and our brains often go right to our diet and our exercise and our health plans. But to think about financial well-being and other things that's really innovative to think about how can we really take care of the full caregiver's well-being. Exactly. So when you think, we'll start with the emotional well-being. Yes. As you know, we had so many programs in place for caregivers, particularly during the pandemic, because they've endured a lot personally and professionally. And what we've learned and evolved over these past three years is that it's clearly not a one-size-fits-all. So there are some that really enjoy the benefit of that one-on-one -on -one conversation with our teams from Caring for Caregivers, yes. and they appreciate that support mm -hmm. and that added benefit, while others really enjoy being amongst their peers. And so when yes. you think about programs, Emerge Stronger, mm -hmm. which is a program designed with your peer groups just to have conversations about what you're experiencing from an emotional standpoint yes. and how you have those meaningful conversations and more importantly, it's solution-oriented and where they share some different best practices. Mm -hmm. So it can be anything from meditation and how you mm -hmm. practice that or you practice gratitude, journaling. I mean, the list goes on and on because so many best practices are shared about your emotional health and well-being in those different programs that it really benefits all of our caregivers, no matter what they're going through. And I, I think organizations need to continue to think strategically in that manner, if that makes sense. It does. And if I'm struggling, I'm not necessarily going to go out and seek those resources. But if they're all around me, that's right. they present themselves, hopefully, when I need them the most. And so when we dug a little deeper about the financial mm -hmm. you know, health, and how do you support my financial health? Our caregivers wanted additional support and resources about planning. So planning for retirement. It's so complicated. My gosh, yeah. it is so complicated. It's getting worse, I think. <laughs> and, and how do you manage day-to-day -day now? Yeah. As we know, people struggled, whether they had spouses, significant mm -hmm. others who perhaps had their employment impacted because mm -hmm. of the pandemic Absolutely. and haven't quite recovered yet. Right. Some folks have lost child care, elder care, and then right. the subsidies have gone to gone support away. that as yeah. well. And so they just wanted additional support. Mm -hmm. So we have have those resources internally. We have some subject matter experts that we utilize through our total rewards program to help our caregivers. And it's met with much enthusiasm. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 So listeners, if you're, especially if you're a leader at a different organization, it's time to start thinking differently about, mm -hmm. about what your employee assistance program looks like, about, yes, of course, everybody loves getting a raise every now and then, right. but how are we helping any organization, helping their caregivers manage that money knowing that inflation probably isn't going anywhere and all the other things that yep. we're all managing through. That's really fantastic. We're seeing all sorts of interesting work practices and HR benefits coming from outside of healthcare. You've mentioned a few of them that the clinic is already considering, but what are some practices that you're starting to see work their way into either our organization or healthcare at large in terms of offerings for their caregivers? Sure, so I already mentioned that many Fortune 500 companies had a dedicated team like the strategic workforce planning team that we put in place because the idea is to be 
more proactive about the needs of your organization. And so mm. really analyzing your current workforce, mm-hmm. ensuring, you know, looking at how many people could retire. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we enjoy, as you know, Carol, yes. longevity in our yes. organization. <laughs> Which but is also, great until. <laughs> it's great until everybody decides to retire yes. the same year. And so being really proactive about how do we plan for the future, mm-hmm. not only with people retiring, but what other skill sets and competencies are needed? And how do we think about redesigning different roles? Right. An example would be, I think was a really great example. Even before the pandemic, a much critical role, much needed role in the organization is a medical assistant. Mm, yes. And we know how valuable that is, particularly in our ambulatory setting. And we know there's a shortage that's existed across yes. the country. And it just got exacerbated similar to yeah. the nursing shortage during the pandemic. And so what this team and strategic workforce planning did is they partnered with our clinical colleagues mm-hmm. to see, let's look at every task and assign a time to it that a medical assistant does during a day. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, some of the learnings. I mean, some of the learnings were that 11 of these 47 tasks that they discovered really didn't have to be done by a medical assistant. They could have been done by somebody else. Oh, my. (laughs) Yes. That didn't need that certification or that Mm -hmm. training. A certain percentage of the tasks that they have done could be done remotely. Mm. So when you think about scheduling appointments afterwards, my chart messaging, et cetera. And so the idea behind this is really looking at roles and how you can redesign them for the future, not to eliminate them Mm. because it's very critical, but really provide some enhancements as you move forward. And I know that there's organizations who have done this already, Mm -hmm. and that's where we've learned some of these best practices. You've, across your career, always been so great at articulating top of scope or top yes. of license. And so, yeah, if, if you're not already doing that, it's 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 well past time to think about That's right. You know how the role looked in 2019 or even mid-pandemic is not necessarily how these roles need to look now. Exactly. You know, another example would be our work with 110. Mm. Yes, and please. so yeah. 110 is a coalition, which we're a founding member dedicated to hiring and promoting 1 million black Americans over the next 10 years. There's like 67 members now and some major players such Mm -hmm. as ourselves, Delta, Target. So it spans many industries. And what I really love about our involvement in this program, it's really helped us transform as an organization in our thinking about hiring talent into certain roles that meet a family sustaining wage. And so what I mean by that is that Because of this work, it made us take a step back and look at our job descriptions of roles in the organization that met a certain wage threshold to see what are some of the requirements, what were some of the educational requirements or certifications, and really was there a value add for that role? The why behind it, yeah. And we clearly (laughs) value education. We know that, so that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But is that really a barrier to getting talent into your organization? And the answer was, yes, it is. Of course. And as a result of that, we were able to evolve 260 job descriptions in the organization that represent about 20,000 caregivers. Oh my gosh, wow. And so really focusing, going back to skills and competencies that are needed for that role and designing apprenticeships. So we have many apprenticeships in IT, in pharmacy, in finance, in ophthalmology that bring talent into our organization. They can kind of earn while they learn, Mm -hmm. right? And they have the skills and competencies to fulfill those roles. And so that's 
a different way of thinking that many organizations have to do as we think about the future, particularly with the labor shortage. And I'm just excited that we're a part of it. Yeah, it's it's removing those barriers because once somebody gets into any type of organization, the sky's the limit. But if the barrier to entry is a degree then no wonder people are intimidated by it. It's really really opening those doors. That's wonderful. The other important piece of this work, and this really applies to all of our caregivers, is ensuring that people have professional career pathways. Yes. So they could see a trajectory Mm -hmm. for their professional career here at the Cleveland Clinic. And so we've designed some of the subject matter experts, what they may look like, and it's really exciting. It's exciting for our caregivers. Yes. So we've talked a lot about the evolving landscape of Mm -hmm. the workforce and the market. And so probably some of our listeners are thinking about either what their next role will be or they're getting ready to graduate from nursing school. And so nurses are in a different place than they were one, two, five years ago in terms of what questions they should be asking in an interview, for example. So what should a nurse be looking for from their organization in terms of well-being, how they're cared for. What are questions you'd advise somebody to ask during their interview process to learn more? You're right. I mean, they definitely have (laughs) many opportunities in front of them. And so if you're really looking to see what organization do I align with, where do I fit in? A couple things I would advocate for. When you're thinking about being employed in an organization, ask about the mission statement, ask about the vision, ask Mm. about the values sure what matters most to them. See if it aligns with your values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does the mission call your attention? Do Mm -hmm. you see this shared vision? I think that would be the first thing. In terms of shared governance, as you Mm. know, Carol, we have many of our applicants seeking employment here ask if we have shared governance. Is it really exciting that that they do questions is wonderful. And they and I only ask, do we have it? But is it very active? And what impact Mm -hmm. has it had? Mm -hmm. And so they want to see how can they measure the impact of what we've created here? And how can I be a part of it? I would also ask about engagement scores. You know, tell Mm, me about your engagement scores. Tell me about your you know, planning efforts. How do you include the nursing voice in those efforts? And then I think ask about growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming here on a, a medical surgical unit, you know, what can I expect in terms of a career pathway? Is there an opportunity for me to go to the ICU if I want or to the OR right. or to pediatrics? <laughs> ask about what opportunities or pathways we have, certifications. Certainly. We hear that a lot from yes. these applicants. They want to know about tuition reimbursement mm-hmm. and will we pay for you know, the certification educational review courses. I think those are all top of mind and thinking about, is this organization one for me that focuses on my future growth and development so I could be my true best self when I come to work every day? And then you give superior care to patients because you're educated, you're supported, you can be fully (laughs) present in what you're doing because you know that you have your direct leaders, but also the organization's support behind you. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, unbelievably, we're running out of time again. But I was hoping to wrap it up with sort of a big question. Sure. If you'd like to focus this either on nursing or in healthcare in general, but what excites you about our future? 
Well, I think from a nursing standpoint, it's an exciting time to be a nurse. So many organizations are prioritizing nursing like never before, Mm -hmm. as we know. We know that the impact nurses can have on this very complex healthcare systems across the country. And I think really it's our time to shine. Mm -hmm. There's so many different avenues that a nurse can pursue professionally. They can excel at the bedside. They can go into education within an academic organization or within the healthcare organization. And so I would just say embrace those opportunities from a nursing standpoint and really make the most of them. So that's what it really excites me about the nursing profession. Wonderful. Well, listeners, you have an assignment. So yes, if you're in a role already, start looking around if you don't already. What sort of supports does your organization give you? If you're considering a change or you're getting ready to graduate nursing school, think about how do I want to be part of that solution and how do I find an organization where I feel like they treat me like family. Excellent, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Carol. It's been great. As always, thanks so much for joining us for today's discussion. Don't miss out. Subscribe to hear new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we want to hear from you. Do you have ideas for future podcasts or want to share your stories? Email us at nurseessentials.com at ccf.org. To learn more about nursing at Cleveland Clinic, please check us out at clevelandclinic.org slash nursing. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. Consult your local state boards of nursing for any specific practice questions.